Let's read the scripture. First Timothy six twelve. It says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. I just read that scripture because, you know, the Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. So the church is always fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, but then there are seasons when you enter into a war. And so uh, last year, the devil brought a war to our doorstep. But this year, uh, we have decided to bring a war to his doorstep. And so uh, so the next three months are going to be uh, beyond important. These next three months will be beyond important. And so, you know, I've always laughed about this, you know, because and I'm going to be much better, I promise you, you know, but, you know, I just I don't like the karaoke version of church. You know, we declare war. No, you're not. You ain't about to do nothing. And that's me at home talking to the evangelist on TV saying, no, because as soon as something like this hit, you're going to close. You ain't going to do nothing. People are good at talking and and they'll say in a quick in a moment, praise scatters the enemy and won't praise God for nothing. People are just talking. And so this is this what we're getting ready to do the next three months. And now will be considered in hell as an act of war against them. I'm letting you know. And so I'm going to explain that um, uh, what, why the next three months are extremely important. And uh, I won't be before you long. We might even be. Well, we had a bunch of stuff in the beginning. So tonight is us kind of launching it. You know, whenever they um, make a declaration of war, um, it's declared. And then everyone immediately after that declaration, they begin to adjust themselves to prepare for what they're getting ready to go into. And so that's what we're, we're doing. And so I'm going to mention to you a few things in regards to why we are doing this. Um, and so one is the, uh, the coronavirus. Um, unfortunately, I believe they'll have some graphics up here for you. Uh, the coronavirus is being used by the devil to silence and weaken the church in order to pave the way for the dominion of darkness, they think. A large majority of the church has been uh, has disengaged. Uh, the virus is also being used by wicked men to control the masses for a future agenda. It is also being used in order to get a different person in the White House in this coming election. Um, that is, it's not so much of a secret, but uh, anybody with a little bit of a brain will say, yes, we know for a fact that uh, some of the things that are being done because when the coronavirus came on the situation, even though the president, in my opinion, has done an excellent job handling it, uh, his ratings begin to go down. So when the other side saw that, they decided to play this game to try to ho uh, hold things up and make sure that they foster this so that they can get their man in the White House. Now, that's not my opinion. That's just simply fact. Okay, Some of them have said that. And so, uh, so it's being used by both. It's being used by the enemy and it's being used by men who are enemies of the gospel. And, uh, and it's very, very, very uh, sad, you know, when, you know, like someone just let us know that they are part of a church here in Atlanta. And uh, they were told by, the, and this is not a small church either, they were told by the church that when and if they do open back up, uh, if you have children, um, uh, you will not be allowed to bring your children back to their church if your children have not been immunized with a new drug that they're getting ready to make on the market that has not been tested. 
So, um, you know, I'm understanding every day why these people are going to take the mark of the beast. Yeah, just go and give it to me. I got to eat. Okay, so you have that situation. Then you have racial issues um, that are going on. Jesus said in the last days that kingdom would be against kingdom, the word ethnos. I'm sorry, uh, nation would be against nation. It's the word ethnos, uh, where we get the word ethnicity. So Jesus said in the last days before he came, he said you would see this huge thing of races against one another. You go to any country right now, and that is the case, any country, continent of Africa, okay, India, China, all of those places, Jamaica, no matter, they have these issues that are going on. And so, uh, and then, and, and then and with that, let me help you understand something because I'm going to mention something that I've never said before, which about the United States imploding. And so, you know, you see on TV all of this racial stuff, you know, it started with, let me say this, the racial stuff did not start with a white man putting his neck, his knee on the neck of a black man. That's not where it started. It started in the invisible realm. Okay, it started in the invisible realm, and and it, it it was everything was in place, and they said let's create this scenario, and it happened, and then boom, voila, it was on, and so when that happened, Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement moved in. Now, some people ask my opinion about that. I do not support Black Lives Matter in any form or fashion whatsoever, period, and I'm going to let you know why. Uh, now. I support black lives. That's a difference. And if we want to go further, I support all lives. And so one of the things that you have to be careful of is, is that if one, and when we say group, we're talking about generally, if one group of people does something a particular way that's wrong, you don't counteract by doing the same wrong. You don't, because you're doing the same thing. I'm giving an example, okay? Now, unfortunately, Hollywood is mostly um, owned by Jewish men, okay? Most people don't know that, okay, Jewish. And so, so they create this picture by which if you pay attention to almost every movie and you pay attention to almost every commercial, what you generally see is mostly whites and it would be one token black 100% of the time, okay? So then they moved it up a little bit. Now that we're more modern, it'd be one token black, one Asian, You know, and then they realize, okay, now we need to have one token black, one Asian, and one female. Okay? So now, when you become a movie producer, because that group did that, you don't then get mad and make a movie with all black people and one white token. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Now, you, you're doing the same thing. What you do is you make a movie and you show it being multicultural across the board to show people, and that's how you change culture for real. Okay? And so with Black Lives Matter... Um, the, one of the uh, several reasons why I don't support Black Lives Matter, um, but here's one major one right here. This is taken directly from their website and their mission statement. And I quote, because there are a lot of things that they say there for one thing, but it's actually they are in, in an invisible way promoting another thing. This is just they have a huge I call it a manifesto, but they have a huge mission statement. And this is just a piece of it, and I took it word from word. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. In case you don't know what the definition of a nuclear structure is, man, born that way, woman, born that way, get married, have sex, and have children that way. 
That is the nuclear family. So we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. You notice they left our fathers. Black Lives Matter always leaves our fathers. 100% of the time. Okay. Then the next graphic. We foster, so not only do we reject the nuclear family, we foster a queer affirming network. So no mothers, no fathers, no marriages, just everybody having babies any old type of way, and they're just raised by a village. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. Or rather, the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, unless they disclose otherwise. So now, if a man thinks he a man, and a woman thinks she a woman, and they decide to get married like the scripture says, they're saying that that's bondage. So we meet for the intention of freeing ourselves from that bondage. Okay? So, for anybody that's listening online, that's what you're supporting when you're out there marching with a sign that nobody is going to pay attention to. When Martin Luther King marched, okay, it is crazy. The movement back then was multicultural, and the movement back today is multicultural. Just one was of God, and the other one is of Satan. Okay, so in case you want to know, I don't not support them because you're against the people. Uh, no, my people are Christians. And people, you know, and, 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 some, and over the years I've made statements and had a couple of people who they left the church and for that reason, you, you're welcome to go join Malcolm X down the street there. I'm sorry, Farrakhan. He'll see, he accept you. Farrakhan. That's just a Ku Klux Klan with dark skin. Whatever. Okay. So let's look at what the scripture says about that. Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, not reject them. And the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I'll come and strike the land with a curse. So any movement that is trying to get rid of fathers and any movement that is trying to get rid of the family, Scripture says they'll be hit with a curse. Because God said, in the last days, that's the very thing that I will be trying to do, is turn children to their fathers. Or raise up fathers who will be a father to fatherless children. Okay? So that was the first issue. The second issue is that when Black Lives Matter came on the scene, that movement was then hijacked by another crazier movement called the Anarchists. They had a lot of different names out there, but no matter what the names are that you hear on the news, they're all anarchists. And so when Black Lives Matter movement came in, it was hijacked by them. So what you see on the news is not even Black Lives Matter. It's these anarchists. Anarchism is a political theory favoring the abolition or removal of governments. Groups that protest, riot, and bring destruction until the government gives them what they want or the government is overthrown. That's why in Seattle, they're pretty much in, I think, close to day 70 of rioting now. Uh, they are also leading the defund and get rid of the police movement. The defund the police and get rid of the police movement was not a Black Lives Matter idea. 
That was the other fools. <laughs> Some of the black lives, black lives, whatever they call themselves, joined them. Okay, which I told you again, I'm not in, into defunding the police at all. Okay, and you can go to another church, Muslim mosque, Buddhist temple, church of Satan, someplace, grocery store, you know, the park. That's that's not the place here. Okay, I wish I was the police sometimes. You ever been riding down the street and you wish you could write a ticket? Man, if I was the police today, boy, you'd get it. Man, oh man, it just <laughs> seems like when you want to write a ticket, somebody acting a fool in traffic, the police is not around. When you're late for work, they're around every bend watching you. It's just how it is, but how it seems, okay? So it's not a coincidence that the word anarchist is close to the word antichrist. I did not read anything. The Holy Spirit told me that today. He said it's not a coincidence. Okay. The Antichrist wants to remove Jesus and shut down the government of God. The Bible says that the government will be upon his shoulders. The Antichrist wants to remove Jesus and shut down the government of God and remove apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, ministers, etc. Because we fight crime in the spirit. Y'all got that? So you have the government of God, and then you have um, the angel. I mean, you have um, angels who assist us. Okay, angels assist us. Okay, and you have all of the ministers and and all of the different varying degrees, and we fight crime in the spirit. That's why the mentality of a pastor or a minister and the mentality of a police officer are always the same. Always the same. They deal with the same stuff. Okay. So the Antichrist wants to remove Jesus. Anarchists want to remove the president and shut down natural government and remove police, drug enforcement officers, SWAT, etc., because they fight crime in the natural. Y'all got that? So anarchists want to get rid of the leader, shut down the government, and get rid of the police officers that would arrest them. The Antichrist and the demonic team, they want to get rid of Jesus, shut down that government, government, and get rid of the pastors and ministers who will fight crime against them. That's why usually what you see in the natural is mimicking what's going on already in the spirit. Okay. So let's look at what the scripture says about that. For y'all to want to defund the police, even though I don't have nobody in here. Romans 13, 1 through 7, passing translation. Every person must submit to and support the authorities over them. And one of the things I'm going to encourage you to do, you all, when you see police officers out here, I don't know them. Don't matter if you know them or not. Sometimes if you got it, you know, when you see them at a restaurant, when they walk in the door, say, ah, excuse me, hey, I'm not for defending nothing. Uh, excuse me, their meal is on me. Sir, pick out whatever you want. Because the Bible calls police officers ministers of God. Romans 13 is there is the description it says every person must submit to and support the authorities over him for there can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God so to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God which results in severe consequences for civil authorities don't intimidate those who are doing good but those who are doing well and we're not talking about the bad apples because you know with ministers and prophets you got some bad apples He's talking about the majority of them. So do what is right, and you'll never need to fear those in authority. That's why I've been pulled up by the police more than all y'all put together. I never had no issues. That's not like, you know, and I'm saying that that's not a testimony. I'm just saying. 
They will commend you for your good citizenship. When our police officers pull me over, first thing I tell them is, sir, just letting you know I have a firearm. Half the time, they don't ask me for my license. 100% of the time, okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate you for letting me know that. A couple of them told me, we appreciate you for caring to help us out. And I told one guy, hey, man, I didn't say I was going to help you shoot. <laughs> this is for me and my family. Okay? So do what is right. You'll never need to fear those in authority. They will commend you for your good citizenship. Those in authority are God's servants for the good of society. But if you break the law, you have reason to be alarmed. For they are God's agents of punishment to bring criminals to justice. Why do you think they carry weapons? You are compelled to obey them, not just avoid punishment, but because you want to live with a clean conscience. This is also the reason you pay your taxes. For governmental authorities are God's officials who oversee these things. So it is your duty to pay all the taxes and fees that they require and to respect those who are worthy of respect, honoring them accordingly. Notice it says respect those that are worthy of respect. And every police officer is worthy of respect until he proves he is no longer worthy. Y'all got that? So when you are fighting against a police officer, it's the same thing as fighting against a pastor that God has called. Same thing. That, that, guys, that's why police officers, you know, they are called, they have special equipment. They are called by God to fight crime in the natural. Pastors are called by God to fight crimes in the spirit. And you, all, you also see that with Marvel Comics again. You remember what Dr. Strange said? He said, now the rest of the Avengers, he said, they fight stuff that you can see. He said, us, he said, we fight the stuff you can't see. Marvel is always telling you about the gospel. You ain't going to get to heaven with them. I'm just letting you know they're teaching you the stuff. Okay. This is why Satan wants to defund the police, because Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, when a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it's safe to do wrong. Ecclesiastes 8.11 from the Amplified says, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, the hearts of the sons of men are fully set to do evil. So right now, police officers are being bashed by the press, the media, bashed by their own community leaders, bashed by the Democratic governors and mayors, Seemingly the whole world has turned on them, and the result is police officers are quitting by the droves, retiring, and the ones that are working are not responding to calls. Oh, and by the way, they've had several cases where police officers were called to a situation, and they were met by a mob. They were set up to be beat up. Several scenarios, several. Okay? Um, and so just recently, uh, the police chief in Chicago that was promoted, he just committed suicide. And suicide amongst police officers has shot up significantly. This has nothing to do with a white officer putting his neck, his, his knee on the neck of a black man. This is something that has been concocted in the invisible realm to cause disorder. It's also reaping some things that have been sold. Okay? And so in Democratic-led cities, they are telling you not to walk the street with cash or cell phones. This is on CNN and Fox News every day. They're telling you not to walk the street with cash or cell phones and don't fight back if you are approached. Okay? And it's sad. You know, I'm not, well, I am into politics, but not the way you think. Uh, the top 20 cities for crime all have Democratic mayors. Because the policies are more aligned with evil. When you support abortion, in scripture, it says when you shed innocent blood, it has an effect on the economy. So if you push as a leader abortion and you fund plan, uh, Planned Parenthood, which is not planned at all, I mean, why do you think now God is going to bless those? It's not going to happen. 
Now, you know, people going to get mad because I said that. Get mad all you want to. It's one group that promotes certain things and another group that does that. So that's just that. Then on top of that, you got all of the craziness. I mean, you know, sin is running rampant. You know, everything is on the rise. And, and, and it's a trip because all of the craziness in the world can be put in the category of water. And, and sin is the flame that will never be turned off. And so that's why the water is just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. How I many you know there's a lot of bad seed being sown out here? Guess what? So you got to get a harvest on that seed. And then they take from that harvest and sow more bad seed. And then they get a harvest from that seed. And then eventually... The harvest overtakes the seed, and the seed overtakes the harvest, where now, as the scripture says, there'd come a time, you would put it in the ground, and it would spring up before you walked away. And when we get to that point, the Bible says, yeah, when you get to that point, we have to shorten the planet, and it only lasts for another seven years, because if we didn't, not even, even, not even the dust would live. Okay, so... So in the midst of all of that, we then have the prophecy that Lisa gave about the seven years of plenty, and seven years of famine that was coming. What's interesting is when she gave the word, the seven years of famine will end right around the same time when Donald Trump gets out of office if he goes into a second term. It's not a coincidence that the Lord gave a word about seven years of plenty. It was three and a half years ago around, three and a half years ago that word was given. And then after that would come seven years of famine. Now, let me say this. There are some things that can be stopped and there are some things that can, cannot be stopped. I'm just not taking any chances. If the Lord, tell, Let me tell you something. How many of you know? How many of you know that when God gave Pharaoh the dream that seven years of famine was coming, he could have stopped that? All the Lord had to do was tell the clouds, rain. We're not going to have a famine. We just go ahead and rain. How many know it could have rained? He didn't stop it because it was coming from something else. Scripture didn't tell you what it was coming from, but it had to be seven years. And these things are just so mysterious. Why seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine? Because these are equations. These are things that they're, I'm learning more and more about the realm that we cannot see. And these things seem so strange in this realm because we have no understanding about the realm that we cannot see. These things affect other things. So you have all of that. Then, we, as you know, there's been prophesied by several different prophets about the next virus that's coming. And um, I just found out, and I may play this for you Saturday or not, I'm not sure. I'm just being led by the Holy Spirit. It's dangerous when you do a month on the Holy Spirit. You generally got to be ready to be thrown all over the place. You know, but now that this one doctor uh, from Cameroon just clowned on everybody with the other friends, you know, my, now more and more doctors feel emboldened to come out. And so this one, this girl, is, she's, a, she's a doctor and a lawyer. See, see, see look, let me tell you something, y'all. See, that's why the Lord had you going down the path. See, because Lord, the Lord got folk in secret work, working on double and triples. Y'all know what I mean by that? They're not just one thing. They're they several things. And so that when, when this came out, they would, they would be on another level of professionalism, professionalism where, no, we can't just slam them into a corner. You know what I'm saying? Because he knew what was coming. So she's a doctor and a lawyer. And she said two things. She was, and y'all know who Glenn, Black, Glenn Beck is? Glenn Beck is crazy. Okay, he's a he's a white talk show host, and he's just a light skinned version of the lady we watched this past weekend. They might be best friends. Glenn Beck is crazy like that. He's had other ministers on his show, and Glenn Beck is just crazy, okay, in a good way. Um, ultra conservative, and so he had the lady on the show, 
And uh, and she said two things. She she said she was talking about why certain things had happened in the past. He said, yeah, I noticed that. She said, yeah. She said, would you like to know why? She said that a drug that's been on the market for 65 years with no side effects that can be given to children and pregnant women that is used around the world and not only used around the world, it has been used in the United States for 65 years. She said, would you like to know why they tried to make it seem like that was the devil and they pulled it off the shelves? He said, why? He said, because this virus is 78% of the last virus. And they used this drug on the last virus with 100% results. So when this virus popped up, they knew that 75% of it was made up of the last virus. And they knew if they used it, they'd get 100% results. So they decided to not use that drug and create something else that they could make money off of because they couldn't make money off of a drug that's been around for 65 years. And they got the proof and the paperwork. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting battle. This is ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. <laughs> okay. So, and I, I've never shared this before, and I'm still and will always be a supporter of the United States. Okay, my thing is, if you don't like this place, you got many other countries that will welcome you. Okay, people coming up in the United States, there's no such thing as a perfect country. I understand that every country has its issues. Okay, go visit some other place. It's a reason why back in the day we used to see people and foreign dignitaries come back to the United States, and, and, and as soon as they got off the plane, they would kiss the ground. Yeah, can you can go. Okay, so don't, don't try to look. Never mind. So, but I hate to say this, but the United States is actually destined for doom. Um, it is only because of how the United States was started. The United States was started for the purpose of having freedom for the gospel. And those gentlemen that came, they didn't do everything perfect the same way that you did. And things got out of hand and all that type of stuff. People can argue all day long about them taking over the land from the Indians and all that type of stuff. This ain't, this ain't a history about that. We're talking about their original intent was to have freedom for the gospel. That's why they came here. And so there has been great mercy on the United States. How is it that the youngest country became the first and most powerful country in 400 years? You got ancient empires, India and Africa and China and you know, these, are, these, things, these guys have been around for centuries, empires. And yet that little small country started, became worldwide dominant because it was about the gospel. And the United States used to be the number one country that was the promoter, promoter of the gospel. Okay? And so, but here's a statement that Jesus said. Um, you know, and I was remembering too about what the... Uh, um, that's why I remember I read that the Black Lives Matter said we reject the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. That's not a Western idea. I don't know. They're just lying. The, the man, a man and a woman is a Western idea now? This is around the world. And it's more like this in what we call third world countries than it is in the United States. They don't play all of that mess. Most people don't know that when um, uh, Obama had a lot of the African leaders on his side until he lit up the White House in them colors. 
they came out publicly and denounced Obama. They said, oh, no, 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 no. You were supposed to take us higher, not lower. They said, now nah, you supporting homosexuality like that? They said, mm-mm. I mean, I watched the interviews. I mean, these leaders were just coming together. We denounce him. You know, you ever see them stupid memes? We, the black delegation, <laughs> denounce that. Some of this comedy out here is just hilarious. Okay. So, just give me a moment here. See where I am. This is where I say that. In Mark chapter 3, verse 23, Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. Then he gives the principle why. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He will never survive. So the reason I say that the United States, as a principle, was eventually destined for doom is because the nation is divided about everything. From the government down. The government is not unified. It's Republicans against Democrats. Republicans against. And then when a Republican gets in office for the next four years, the sole purpose for the Democrats is to get him out of office. If a Democrat gets in, the sole purpose for the Republicans is to get him out of office. It ends up being a game of trying to get each other out of office. And Jesus said, if you have one unit that's against itself, you're destined for doom. And it is only the grace of God and the amount of salt that is in this nation that prevents meat from going bad and the prayers of the saints and intercessors that while you're asleep, they are before God interceding, interceding so that judgment does not come to this nation. And the fact that we had so many great gospel men and, and he had Billy Grahams and individuals like that who were the promoters of the gospel and we sent more missionaries. But then not only, but then slowly but surely, the enemy said, we got to divide them. And he said, the best way we can do it is with the Republican and Democrat thing. We start from the top. He said, we'll start from the top and then we'll work our way from the bottom and then in between. And he said, what we'll do is that we'll work in government and create Republican and Democrat. He said, we'll move over to technology. And, you know, I'm just joking here. We'll create Apple and Samsung. We'll move over to the church and we'll create Pentecostals and Baptists. Within the Baptists, we'll create factions, and the Baptists will be against the Methodists. Catholics will be against the Presbyterians. The Pentecostals will be against the Church of God in Christ and Word of Faith. And then, and then not only will they be against each other in their individual factions, they'll also be against each other just as a whole. And so there's nothing that's unified. We are. And so you can make a huge difference in regards to that. But so that's why I say the United States is destined for doom. And that's why all of a sudden now you start hearing all of these prophecies about stuff coming up on the United States. And this is the Lord telling you, you're only reaping what you sowed. Jesus told you 2000 years ago, if you fight against each other, boom, you're destined to collapse. OK. So and this is why we need to pray for the president. Some of you haven't heard this before. Um, everybody say opinion. I'll put it in that category, but I know what it's supposed to be. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the president of the United States is ordained by God to be there for another four years. I'm hoping that it happens. I will not say for sure that it will, even though I believe that it's going to happen. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is ordained for him to be in office. If you'd like more information on that, read that book called The Paradigm by Jonathan Kahn. And then you come back and tell me he's not supposed to be in office. Okay. But anyway, so lots of other things because I told you he's a protector. But I told you about this dream that was just recently given to a pastor friend. 
that I'm friends with. And he said he was walking through the airport, recognized a particular prophet walking through the airport, but he was bent over like he had scoliosis. His back was literally hunched over like he was a humpback. He looked very uh, decrepit and old like he had no life. Okay, so he's bent over. Uh, and that represented the office of the prophet has become very crooked. Okay, Bible talks about how he'll make your path straight. So in the dream, the man of God was led to pray for this prophet because he saw him at the airport. And he speak, spoke healing over him. When he did, his bones began to crack and begin to straighten up and become healthy again. He eventually stood up uh, straight in perfect health and then began to walk on his way. It reminds me of those bones in the Old Testament. Can these bones live again? Sometimes the church seems so dead, you don't just swear up and down. God, can't, God can resurrect anything. When he does, you better move out the way. Okay, so he did that, laid hands on the prophet, and he was fine. He walked on his way. He said as he continued to walk, he sees President Trump and his security team in the airport and his staff walking through the airport with a purpose headed to where they're supposed to be. Of course, in real life, you'd never see the president of the United States at the airport because he has his own plane. Okay, so as he walks past the president, he looks in the distance and sees a woman in African attire. She is seen but not seen. It's like she was in the corner projecting from another realm, and it was obvious the people around her could not see her. The woman pulled out a long javelin, launched it at the president as he walked down away from her. She launched it at the president from behind. As the javelin traveled through the air toward the president, it got larger and larger as it traveled. Okay, that, that represents the attack against the president would get bigger and bigger. Okay? The man of God ran toward the javelin and caught it in midair, snapped it across his knee, and the noise from breaking the javelin made everyone in the airport duck. As he broke, after he broke the javelin, the witch started running because she recognized the man of God could see her. She took off running, and he took the half of the javelin that still had a spear on it, chased after the witch, and as he was chasing her, he threw the javelin and it pinned the witch to the wall. He walked up to the witch, broke her right arm she threw the javelin with in the first place, and then he snapped her neck and the dream ended. So, so that is, they clapping like they violent. Randall, they's like, yeah, set it off, Jesus, set it off. <laughs> okay, so that shows you guys' attitude toward the witchcraft. It also shows you his attitude towards anybody that's going to try to attack the president of the United States. So if you don't like him, just be quiet and pray for him. Okay, Psalm 1015, Passion Translation says, Break the power of the wicked and all of their strong arm tactics. Search them out and destroy them for the evil things that they have done. So that's why I said that, you know, not this karaoke version, but that's why we, uh, these next three months will be a season of not fighting but warfare for us. We will start it. Last time the enemy started it. This time we will. So for the next three months, we're going to do a three series of three fast. This is just an information night to let you know. This is going to be a very, very intense three months. Okay. Hallelujah. We are going to do three fast over the next three months. All three fasts will be near the end of the month. During the next three months, we will discuss the Holy Spirit getting closer to him. For the next three months, we're going to bathe you in evangelism teaching, tactic, classes, services, all of that. We're also going to be talking about next month, we'll be talking about holiness. And then, so month one, which is this month, will be the Holy Spirit. Month two will be holiness or character. And then month three will culminate in the supernatural. And so 
Um, I'll have more targeted prayers this by this weekend because these these prayers will be for offense and for defense. So the, the prayers will be very targeted, specific on certain things to dismantle what the enemy is trying to do over the next three months. These prayers will also be targeted to create a force field around all of us to be free to fight the enemy and he can't fight back. Each phase of the fast will end in communion. So at the end of this month, we'll do a fast and then we'll end in communion. And then in the next month, the second phase of the fast will end in communion. And then in the October, third phase of the fast, um, that will also end um, in communion. Um, and each month will build on top of it. So what we do this month will multiply with next month. And then what we do in those two months will then uh, consummate in the third month. And there'll be a scripture that says, after two days I revive you, and the third day I will lift you up and you'll live in my sight. So it's the number, it's using, it's me using the number three in a very, very prophetic and strategic way. Three months of fasting, three specific months, and each month will build on top of the other one. And the third month will be the most insane because in that month is when, let me tell you something. If you wait until the day for something major like that, it's too late. It's too late because the spiritual realm is, is it takes time to fortify and break through this stuff. That's why even you notice when we pray about events, you don't see a change for about three or four days because it takes time for what we do in the spirit to work its way through time, space and energy. Okay, so when you order something from Amazon, the order is instant. But then it takes time for it to work its way to your house. Same thing in the spiritual realm. Now, there are times when you can get so intense and they will suspend all laws and they will come through immediately. You can do that. But they won't do it unnecessarily. You understand? God uses power very, very, very wise. Okay. And so uh, when it. Uh, um, so. And the reason I say this important is in the month of October, not only will we be close to the election, but then in the month of October is the most powerful month for witchcraft because of Halloween. So that's why we're three months. We're going to build ourselves up to this because whatever is supposed to happen in October, November is being worked on right now. So we're not going to wait until October, November. No, it's time to pray. Uh, no, we're going to dismantle the art, the ant farm as they have already started building. Okay, and so uh, when it is over, regardless to the outcome, we will be on record in heaven as those who stood and fought for the Lord and not against him. That's what the Holy Spirit told me. Okay, okay, and so um, um, I'm, and I'm just being honest with you. I have nothing against Biden. You don't want that man to be president. I'm telling you, you know, and I'm. Let me tell y'all something. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the form of a question. And when I put it in the form of a question, you know this is not really a question. See, do you want to know who the the most dangerous candidate is right now? Is who Biden picks to be his running mate. Because if you want to know the real agenda, the agenda is for Biden to die and Donald Trump to be killed and who Biden picks to be president. That's the real agenda. You don't know stuff like that. 
until the Holy Ghost shared with you the agendas of the invisible realm. The agenda is pick this individual and then we will try to create a thing by which that leader will pass away because the real one that we want will then be exalted to office and the other one won't get in or we'll just assassinate. I mean, it's deep. And there's a great possibility. I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. You know, all the stuff we don't put out there always come past. Okay, but we're just being sensitive. But, but, but Lisa shared with us, she said there's a great possibility that the one that's in there now is the last one. In other words, you're looking at the last president of the United States. <gasps> That'll never happen. Mm -hmm, that's what they said about 9-11. Would you have ever believed that the entire country would be shut down Everyone working from home, you can't go to the park or the beach and you have to wear masks and gloves. We would have laughed at you if you had told us that two years ago. And see, she homeschooling. We, our plan, please. This is the United States of America. And that's what happens when you get prideful, America. And so, uh, so I had seen a prophecy years ago it wasn't even that many years ago and I can't find it for nothing that's what I get for throwing away everything can't find it for nothing and the Lord gave this man a vision and showed him all the presidents um, um, from the first one up until this one it he showed him and it was like a, he said the Lord showed him a neighborhood you know how you have a subdivision? You have this house and you have that house. And, this house. and he said the first house was the first president of the United States. Then the second house, then the third house, then the fourth house, then the fifth house. Okay? And he said all of the houses. And then he said um, in the, um, uh, he said the second to the last house had Obama's name on it. Obama's name, name on it. He said, and then it was one more house there. It didn't have a name. And he said after that, there were no more houses. You know, you know me, me old Dumbbell Jr., you know, I'm, I'm looking at this stuff like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I have to be honest with you. I mean, this, this stuff is very surreal. You know what I mean? This is like, no. Remember what I told y'all years ago? I said, the generation that lived in the last days for real, things would begin to happen that would, be, that would seem so surreal. And you're looking at it right now. So I'm not saying, again, we, we share these things when the Lord shows us. The problem is we don't know which ones are guaranteed and which ones can be stopped. But most of it can't be because it's all fulfilling the biblical timeline of being in the last days. All I know is, is that the cool part is regardless of what happened, the Lord is going to take care of us. So, so, but, but the church now can't be on the back end of the news information where we find out stuff when we're watching CNN and Fox News. The church has to be on the front end of the information where God gives it to us before it even happens. As a matter of fact, they have to call us crazy when we tell them what's coming. Noah, who had to tell the world, I'm building this crazy big old boat. They didn't have boats back then either, by the way. So they thought he was crazy. He was building something that had never been built before in preparation for something that had never happened before. And so the world... He said, boy, you're a fool. He called, they called, talked about Noah and his mama. No, dude. And it says that they did that until the day that the ark door closed. And when it closed, you, I don't know Noah. Okay, well, you know, I don't know him, but he wanted that ark to open. 
because it says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a very, very kind and gentle man. He didn't want those people to die. And God was like, nope, they didn't heed the warning. Okay, are you getting it? Let me tell you something. I, didn't, I forgot to put this down in my notes. Y'all remember the story in the Bible of the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins? There are some scriptures that we didn't have the ability to interpret back then because things needed to come forth to see it. That scripture fits now because they were all virgins. It didn't say the five wise virgins and the five foolish heathens. It said the five wise virgins and the five foolish ones who were all waiting on the Lord to come. The difference is five of them didn't prepare in the natural. And then, you remember what happened? It says the bridegroom hadn't even come yet. It said an announcement was made that he is coming. And when and watch this, what's deep is, it said that both groups fell asleep. Because the, the who God? Because the culture is such right now where even those that's trying to be on fire, you're struggling to stay awake. They said both groups fell asleep. But then there was a sound that was made to say, he coming. They said everybody woke up. But the ones that didn't prepare, they tried to get from the ones who did. And the ones who did had enough wisdom to say, I really want, <laughs> did y'all hear my wife? No. They had enough sense to realize that that was not the time for compassion. That was the time for wisdom. Because if I help you now, you're going to pull me under. And this is too sensitive and this is too dangerous and this is too important. Jesus, I'm saying something right now, folks. For me to try to help you right now. You should have been in this boat when we were telling you. And that's unfortunately what's coming. And they did it in Noah's day. They did it in Lot's day. And they're going to do it today. So everyone say, stay in the boat. Stay on the train. Stay on the airplane. Stay on the rocket ship. <laughs> Tried to come up with something else, but I couldn't think of nothing right there, you know. <laughs> she said, <laughs> Terry said, don't get off. Stay on. Very serious times, but it can be it can be very serious, but very exciting if we stay on point. And we have to be sensitive. We're gonna have ideas galore, but we still have to be got to be sensitive because this ain't the time to play. This ain't not the time to play at all. Okay. So that's why some of these prayers are gonna be the, for the purpose of trying to give. This is gonna sound a little weird. Trying to give God an advantage to get his man back in office. And, and I'll be saying these things publicly because I can't be quiet anymore. I will be respectful because I realize at this point that there are more people than you can imagine listening. I didn't know. So I will be respectful or different than I'll be careful, but I'll also be bold. You have to take a stand. And, um, you know, and it's just so funny how out of all of the things that they complain about, they still not complaining about how bad the economy became under this man. And I complained about all of the jobs that were passed out. Okay. I have to be totally honest with you. Um, had not this virus showed up, nobody could run against him. Because the results were just too impeccable. They just, they just, but you know, so this, how many of you know, 
this is a war that we can't see. It's not about what you can see. It's not about President Trump. It's not about Biden. Like I said, I have nothing against Biden. I personally don't appreciate Christians and non-Christians making fun of Biden, saying he's now because he stumbles over his words. Bush stumbled over it. I stumble over the words. I stumble over words and they're not even words. It has nothing to do with leadership. Bush, you know, they make fun of that. You know, they, you know, Bush, you know, y- y'all, the whole weight of the world is on you. We having a time, we, we trying to, having a, see, I'm doing it now. We having a problem paying our house loan carnos. These men are running the planet. There's a term out here in the world. As the United States goes, so goes the world. I might do, I just realized, I think I might do part two of this next Wednesday to show y'all something. Hey, so these last three scriptures, and let's get up out of here. Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Hey, so this is a fast that we're doing on purpose. The main part of it is to loose the bands of wickedness and to undo the heavy burdens, okay, and break yokes. There are things in the invisible realm that are like rubber bands or handcuffs, and, and the nation can only be forced to go in this direction. And, and, and when you break them, it's just mysterious how things, who would have ever thought that that young doctor, that young lady from Cameroon, will cause that much disruption in the United States and the whole world. I turned on you to post Sunday and he was talking about it. Jerry told me he's going to show the video this Sunday. That, that little old woman, see that shows you that when you are a David, it doesn't matter if you're fighting three planets at the same time. And that's why I love the interview. I mean, that's how you do it. They tried to make her look crazy. By the time of the interview, I'm sure he, he might have, you know what, can you imagine what happened after that camera turned off? He probably stood up in the office right now speaking in tongues. Y'all know what I'm saying? Just... Can't fool with people like that, cause cause they when you know the reality of the other side, you can't embarrass me. Daniel nine two through four, during the first year of his reign, Daniel learned from reading the word of the Lord, as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem was a lot desolate for seventy years. So I turned to the Lord, my God, pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, you're a great and awesome God. God, you always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. So here you have Daniel who fasted and he just stopped all food altogether. So in Daniel chapter 9 verse 20, it says, as he's praying, he just started his fast. He said, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me in the evening time. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you begin praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. So when he stopped from food, immediately went into prayer. Uh, I'm doing this for a reason. It is the last two. I'm doing this for a reason because the enemy is still messing with our minds. Because, uh, like someone gave me a good example. They said, I did a three-day fast with no food. But they were drinking uh, sugary drinks like high C. 
So the devil was messing with their hand saying that you didn't do a fast at all. You wasted your complete time because you had some sugary drinks. Okay. And so I had to explain to her again, fasting is not for the purpose of showing God how deep you are. Fasting is for the purpose of trying to see how much power you can produce. If you just went down to a fruit diet, it would increase your power. It would. When I started doing that keto diet, I immediately told my wife, I said, I noticed that my anointing is different just from doing keto diet, from just doing meat, vegetables, and fruit. My anointing instantly started to change. Okay? So so a, a fast is complete food, but the more you start refraining from certain things, your power begins to increase. You understand what I'm saying? So how many of you know that when you turn on the radio, there's a level one, then there's a level two, and level three. And you, you can turn it up. How many of you know when you have dim switches on lights and, and it can be a little bit bright, you can turn it up more, it becomes more bright, turn it more, becomes more bright. Well, that's how it is. As you start refraining, if you just refrain from sweets, your power will increase. If you just start refraining from meat and only do vegetables and fruit, your power will begin to increase. You understand what I'm saying? So, and then you have otherwise, like this Nigerian man for six months, he did not eat in between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Well, doing that will increase your power one meal a day. Okay, but the ultimate level when it's on 10 and you're asking somebody to turn it down and when it's on bright light and you need sunglasses is when you refrain from food 100 percent. When you refrain from food 100 percent, it gives them the ultimate ability to operate at the highest level of speed and the highest level of power. Y'all got that. So so if you so so watch this. So ooh, God, God is so good. So so let's say that the dial, the top, the highest level on the dial for the light brightness is ten. So you stop eating today. You just took it to ten. Okay, and, and be honest with you, um, the once you actually eat your last meal, okay, right after that, it actually starts going to ten, going back up. So stop eating today. You didn't do any food. Ten. Tomorrow you do some food. Ten. I mean, you don't eat. It's 10. And then Saturday, you can't do it. You just got to have some sloppy joe. Because usually when you eat, you don't just go over there and eat on some carrot like you're a bunny rabbit or something. You usually, with me, if I fall, oh, I fall all the way down to the dungeon of hell. I'm just, oh, pizza, chicken, everything. Just get a soda, you know. <laughs> just, that's me. So y'all need to be praying for me when I'm fasting because I am not, ugh. Okay. So let's say on the third day, you just can't take it and you end up eating a meal. You didn't go to zero. You maybe dropped to eight. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you don't understand that, then the devil will use your ignorance against you. You idiot. You ate today. Watch this. You do two days of no fasting. And then on the third day, you had one meal. And then on the fourth day, you go back to no food again. All you did was 10, 10, 8, and then go back to 10 again. It's an exercise in power output, not in a religious posture. My kids over there laughing at me because I'm doing all type of crazy stuff. <laughs> they used to it, and they're still laughing at me. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? You got to understand it. So I'm trying to help you understand here about it's because you, you um, um, because here, Daniel, because he did it at the highest level you can do it, the angel shows up immediately. But let's look at Daniel chapter 10. Okay, when in Daniel chapter 10, it says, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three weeks. All that time, I had eaten no rich food. So like the stuff you love to eat, he refrained from that. So he refrained from meat and he did not drink wine. He said, no meat or wine for a king 
That's always going to be the best meal. Meat and wine is always the king's meal. No meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Okay, so unlike the first time, he didn't eat anything. He only drank water, and he said, I was in sackcloth and ashes. I didn't put no lotion on. I didn't comb my hair. I didn't brush my teeth. It was just the epitome of, I'm going to just try to look like death to produce this power. This time, he said, I didn't go that far. He said, I didn't, I didn't use fancy lotion, but I did use some. <laughs> For three weeks. And on April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the Great Tigers River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. This is one of those warrior angels. Can you imagine what these guys look like? His arms and his feet shined like polished bronze, and his, v, his voice roared like the vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak. When I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. The man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Every time they show up, they tell you how much God loves you. You are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. And when he said this, I stood up still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to you and your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Okay, so it's not a coincidence that both of those visions or those experiences are back to back. You have one where he refrained from all food and the angel showed up immediately. You have another one where he refrained from some food and the angel showed up 21 days later. In both cases, none of them said anything about his behavior. They just said you are greatly beloved. And so there are commandments that you are expected to obey every day. And then there are other commandments that you are expected to obey, but it's up to you when you obey them. Fasting is one of them. That's why Jesus said, when you fast, okay, communion, as often as you decide to do it, you're supposed to do it, but that's a commandment that's left up to you how often you want to do it. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. And so... I just wanted to help you understand that because the level of engagement is going to be a little bit different because the dark side will know what we're after. Like we're going for their prized possessions, which is the king. And the Jezebel spirit is going to, whenever you go after the king, the Jezebel spirit goes after you. <laughs> okay, only difference is uh, this Jezebel spirit, she will be killed. It won't be, run, it won't be no running. If anything, it'll be running in a circle because you're about to die. When I look off in the audience, I'm always speaking to the invisible realm. Because they're here too. Everybody here. Jesus here. Where two or three are gathered. The angels here. The demons here. They're all here. Some of them taking notes to figure out how they're going to combat us on the way home. Others taking notes to figure out, you know. And it's crazy because when you do these things, angels are here and they take notes. Then they go back to heaven with the army and they said, Pastor Otha downstairs has declared has decided to wage war on the enemy. 
I'm telling you, this is how it is. We think that, that we don't. Remember what Jesus said? Whatever you do in planet Earth, we will do up in heaven. Okay. And so what happens is they right now, they took notes, they listened to the sermon. And so, um, so then they go back and they say, okay, this is what Pastor Over has decided. He has decided to wage war on the enemy for the next three months. Okay. They will get consultation from Jesus. They will get consultation from other angels that are in higher rank than them. They will get consultation from the Holy Spirit. And they will, and it, it, this is what's deep. They'll make decisions based on what they already know we're going to do. Do y'all remember, and this is my last point, and then we out. Do y'all remember when the children of Israel were freed out of the hands of uh, Pharaoh? And, 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 and right before they left, um, they were told to uh, eat that lamb. They had to roast the lamb, okay? Um, and they, you remember what he said? He said, number one, the death angel is going to come through. Put the blood. That meant that you were untouchable. But then after they put the blood, they then had to roast the animal and they had to eat it. That was actually representative of them receiving healing by eating the blood and body of Christ. It was a representation. But the Bible says after that, that when they left Egypt, they left delivered, protected, rich, and healed. And it says there was not one feeble one amongst them. And, and, and part of what was going on is, is because... They did it seemingly symbolically, but when they did it, God gave them what we have on credit. In other words, it was not bound by time. It's, it's, they were doing it at that moment, and because they did the symbolic version of it, time reached back and gave them a manifestation of what we're supposed to walk in now. Because when God does a thing, it's not just a moment. That's why Jesus would make statements like, um, now y'all said that y'all are not like y'all forefathers who killed the prophets. He said, but you are the children of those that killed the prophets. So go ahead and do your thing now so that the cup of killing the prophets can be full and the judgment from all of the prophets that have died since Abel will be on you. It's not bound by time. It's that the, these things are one long Thread. That's why I read that scripture a few weeks ago that said that those who went before us cannot be perfected until we done. It's one long string. It's not them and then us and then them in the future. It's, it's why, why you even think that Jesus, you know what the Jesus scripture says? It says, even what your forefathers do, it'll go to the third and fourth generation to them that hate me. So we're going to teach on that in the future. Legal and illegal bloodlines. One of the most powerful things about Satan is that he is legal and illegal at the same time. So when you do certain things, he will use spiritual law against you. When you obey spiritual law, he'll just use illegal laws against you. He plays both sides. <laughs> it's crazy. So y'all got that. So I just wanted to put that in your head so that when you're going through the fast, and they're going to put all type of things in your head. I'm a heathen. Like I told you before, gentleman tried to do a 21-day fast, no food. On the 16th day, he ate a little bit, and Satan convinced him that he was a complete failure. I said, no. You did successfully a 16-day fast. Do you realize how much you accomplished in the spirit with no day, 16 days of no food? Do you realize how much you accomplished three days with no food? You did 16? See, that's that religious thing, again, where you get these numbers locked in your head. Again, I do three because, you know, people have taught seven is God's favorite number. That's not true. It's three. 
God uses three more than he uses seven. Seven is the number of completion and perfection, but so is three. He uses three with everything. And that's the scripture that I learned from Oyedipo. A th power of a three-day no food fast. He said, after two days, I will revive you. And the third day, he will lift you up and you will live in his sight. Hey, so, so y'all ready? So, three months of warfare, we're going to focus. And, and, the, and so as a result of that, the services will be a little bit more intense. Then we're like going from boom, and it'll be prayer before service, go right into the one worship song, and then we may have like 10, 15 minutes of prayer after that, okay? And we're just going to be slamming the devil on the early morning prayer call, and it's going to be target-specific. So you'll have all the notes. It's going to be target-specific, and then right in the midst of that, we'll be doing Holy Spirit, character, and then end with supernatural, and then right in the midst of that will be this one constant thread of which is going to be forever, which is um, evangelism. This is the time for us to evangelize more than ever. <laughs> Excuse me. And so, uh, and then three months of warfare, then it ends with November, which is the month of praise. We, so how many know, after you fight, they always celebrate. Because guess what? And the celebration won't be based on what happens in the planet. The celebration won't be whether whoever wins the presidency. The celebration will be that our names have been written on the records of heaven, that we obeyed God and fought for him and not against him. Because hmm? the outcome is not up to us. It's not. It's our job to just pray. It's our job. I say this about us, but you know we don't do that. It's our job to not play church. It's our job to warfare. It's you know, we got to do these things. We got to be on the street during dangerous times. Okay, you got to be, you know what I'm saying? This is the time to engage, not disengage. And a large majority of the body of Christ is just disengaged. <laughs> okay, so come on, Lisa, she has said something to share. Is it ironic that he's wearing the three on his arm? Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to add, when he was talking, the Lord gave me when we do this the instructions that he just gave came straight from heaven it was to prepare us for these three-day um fast but what the lord showed me was that as you engage and you do this like he said don't get caught up in you know i only did this every little bit that you can do helps we are a body we are a unit but the lord told me to tell y'all that he needs us so much so that when you do this, every time we fast on that last week, I could see in the realm of the spirit, like I, I can put it in comparison to on earth. Everybody go out and you go and cast your ballot for the presidency where we are casting our ballots on this fast. We are casting our ballots for this fast. So the difference is what we're doing is going to the courts of heaven. Heaven is making the determination. So when we say November, the month of praise and victory, because that's what it will be. God will have gotten what he needed done. Just like he said when in in the Old Testament, I think it was when he was talking, was that I don't know if it was Abraham or Lot, but you know when I think you know, Moses, when they were going back and forth, when he was talking about destroying thank you Lord, when he was talking about destroying um, Sodom and Gomorrah 
and he said and they was going back and forth if it be 40 if it be 20 if it be 30 well it's the same way God said how many do I have I don't care if it's 10 15 20 if I can have those vessels stand up for me to get my mission completed that's what I'm looking for well line heart are y'all the one let's do this let's go to war I told you now we're leaving he said the kingdom now y'all are living the kingdom of heaven on earth that's what we are doing amen that's what was so powerful about the word that she gave in the very very beginning I was just sitting up laughing is that I said nothing I never say nothing to her and uh, but the word that she gave in the very beginning was talking about it's just crazy how the Lord does things and confirms. So, you know, so we encourage you. You have to go into this and you have to, you, it's a collective effort. Try to be on the early morning prayer call. You know, that call is from six to seven, but then it's over at seven. Then we go into the seven and the hours beyond. And this is a time of sacrifice. I didn't say you couldn't watch a television show. You couldn't watch a movie. You can't go to a restaurant. What I'm saying is, is that you gotta, don't, don't think, don't think that your part doesn't make a difference okay hey let me tell you something you see this gray you know you see this bottle here and let's particular let's pretend that this bottle is the size of this room and you might have some people that's pouring in a lot of water but guess what if this bottle was the size of this room and all you did was pour water um, in this room from a bottle this size how many of you know it was a little bit but it still made a difference you're trying to save five thousand dollars our dollar still helps <laughs> yeah. quit looking at what you can't do okay and always remember god expects you to do what you can not what you can't that's what i told people people are getting concerned about the future and saving up and all of those different type of things let me tell you something do what you can god will cover what you can't do i can't get an extra freezer because i have a basement don't worry god will cover you but guess what? He doesn't want you to do. Not do anything because you don't have what you think everybody else has. You do what you can and God will do what you cannot do. It's a cooperation. That's all a covenant is. A covenant is I'm doing the part that you can't do and you're doing the part that I can't do. You had two African tribes. This one over this side, they could fight, but they can't cook nothing. This one on this side, they can cook but if they get in a fight, they're going to lose every single time. So what they do is they would cut a covenant and they would actually sign it in blood with their wrist or their hands. And this side would say, as long as you will defend us, we will cook for you. And they over here will then say, we are in agreement. And as long as you cook for us, we will always defend you. That's what help you understand why the United States will always come to the rescue of certain nations because we have covenants with them. So if they attack Israel, the United States will go to war. It's called covenants. So guess what? We have a covenant with God. That's why the Bible, how many of you know that God expects you to do every single thing he asked you to do? They didn't say amen a lot. How many of you know that God expects you to do everything that he asked you to do? But did you notice in the same Bible, he said, I will do everything you ask me to do? Because it's a covenant. You play your part? Because guess what? As powerful as God is right now, he needs you to play your part. And he can't play that part. 
If you don't play that part, he has to find someone else to play that part for you. He can't play that part. If you don't give, you don't serve, you don't pray, he can't play that part. You got to play that part. And if you don't, he will use somebody else. But guess what? When you play your part, then there's another side that God, he plays his part. Thank God for his part. But the Bible says God looks throughout the planet looking for someone through whom he can show himself strong. He has to keep on looking because it's real hard to find. But when he finds him, says he's going to show himself strong, not weak, not small, not mediocre. He said, when I finish with y'all, everybody going to recognize whose side y'all are on. Can you imagine us standing before the Lord as a church and in front of the whole universe? You know what I'm saying? Man, everybody. And, and the Lord says, in front of the whole universe, every person from Adam and maybe other beings, we don't know. And he says, we have special recognition. The members of Lionheart Church on planet Earth, please step forward. And we want to commend you because you took a stand when others would not. And this is what we were able to do. And when you allowed us and enabled us to do it, now you see it wasn't just for that time. It was for all of time. That's what I'm after. I ain't after nothing else. Everything else is crap. It just is. Remember what Paul said? He says, it's all dumb. That's an old English word for boo-boo. I hate to be, it's not even ghetto, it is what it is, but that's what he said. They used dung back there. He said, all this crap out here, he said, it's all dung. He said, and I threw it all away to win the excellency of Jesus Christ. They might call you a nerd. You ain't doing this, you're not doing that. Mm -hmm. But when that time clock runs to zero, like I say, we'll see if God agreed with you because I kept the church open. That's how retarded the body of Christ is right now. Well, you actually think that God is frowning on me because I kept the church open to keep on getting... And pe Watch this. It would be different if the church was kept open and nobody came. We kept church open and, and people got saved. People got filled with the Holy Ghost. We were still casting out demons. Finances was coming in. The prophecies were like a river. So you would think if God is mad at me, he would shut the power off. Y'all good this evening. It's about to be three months of crazy kingdom insanity. Hey, so just brace yourself and just think about the next three months. And we'll be putting details together. We're gonna blast it on social media, and and we're gonna we're gonna push, 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 push. And it's a collective effort for three months. And when we do the fast, and it will probably be for the week. It'll be like the last week of that month. And, and so that we can kind of just work with that particular month. And then, we'll, and then let me say this. When we come out of these, I just I felt led to say this. It's, it, it, it is, I think it needs to be also three months of us getting our health together. So, so don't do like the week of fasting and then, and then come out of and, and visit. Krispy Kreme, I haven't seen you in a few days. So it's time for me to come and make myself known. Y'all know me up in this piece, as Tyrese would say. And so, but, but to use it as three months. You know, because it's going to be very, very important, you all, for us to be healthy in the future. We need to be slim. We need to be trim. We need to have our heartbeats up, etc. Because the enemy will come after you in these areas. 
And, and when you're on the front lines, they're going to be looking, what area can we come in? Can we get the finances? Can we get the health? Can we get the marriage? Can we get the children? Can we get the job? Can we get the business? Can we get them with the time? Can we get them off track? You're going to have to fight like that steering wheel where you're just going to, and it's okay for you to get off track. I mean, you know, you just recorrect and get back in the middle of the lane. You can't feel bad because you get off track. Thank God that when you got off track, you had enough sense to get back on track. Trust me, I stay off track. You ever ride with somebody and they just keep running over the lines? You're just like, man, would you pay attention to the road? That's me. <laughs> but you never crash. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to need some music for that. Eshaka rojili kiki mama masata. Lekomba rashiande. Rozo koko sheke. We're going to let the enemy know that we're coming. The pact of Lionheart Church. The lions are coming. And we're coming after them. And we're going to cut their necks. And we're going to chop their necks. And we're going to feed them to the birds. Shakaraba shiliamamahaya soko. Rashila kumaya. Shingoleya. Sungola namamum shukumamaye. Rojali kumanana sheke. The lions are says we're gonna say three times three times we're gonna shout and when we shout we're gonna roar and we're gonna say hallelujah behind it this is how we do it That's what I heard.
holy name, O oh God. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Come on, lift up your voice. And let's start this campaign with a shout of victory. For we can shout now because we already know we have won before this battle and this war has started. Where will you hide, oh Satan, when we come for you? Thank you, oh Lord God. We bless and honor your holy and majestic name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, oh Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord. I'm going to leave you with this because when Francia was sharing that, you know, I know, you know, sometimes you don't even know what this means. And I, ah, I know what it means. 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 You have to use your imagination to see what it would look like for a lion to have a sword on his back while he was riding on the back of an eagle. That was the Lord showing us what we're getting ready to do. Because truth be told, we are a group of lions, but we also have in our midst eagles. Eagles, it's the reason why the eagle is always used for prophets, because they see. To be totally honest with you, the two animals that God uses for warfare more than anything else are the lion and the eagle. And then when he uses prosperity that comes as a result of them, he then uses the bull. That's the reason why there's a bull in front of the stock market. The bull in scripture is the symbol for prosperity. So, and I, and I mean, she's talking and I'm just, I'm watching this lion way up in the sky headed someplace. And then all appear, all of these other lions and their manes are just blowing in the sky wind and they got swords on their back. And it's just riding on the back of eagles getting ready to, I don't know what's getting ready to happen in the next three months. I know something is getting ready to happen. So we ready, we ready. So yeah, so these are going to be some times of great, great. We're the only, we're the only army that we can warfare and enjoy and not sorrow. We're the only warfare that when we kill you, you live instead of die. So I'm looking forward to these things and getting ready. So we're going to have... Wednesday nights is going to be more for these type of encounters. It'll be more prayer. Um, you're going to see me and um, some of the other ministers more ministering about by the by the Spirit as we're led. Just kind of minister out of that. Randall, Randall and I grew up on Kenneth Hagin, where you just have times of ministering and then and just calm it down and the minister would just minister out of that what the Lord wanted to say at that moment. And so, but y'all, we are very much an invincible army because of these things, you know, these, it's, it's not the authority alone, no matter how much authority you have, if you can't see, okay, so how many of y'all ready, lift your other hand, Father in Jesus name, we thank you and we praise you, we bless you, we magnify you, thank you, O Lord God, for allowing us to be a part of your kingdom, allowing us to be a part of your team, allowing us to be a part of your army. I thank you, O Lord God, that the young and the old will fight alike, the new and the mature, those who have recently come to Christ, as well as those who have been in the kingdom for a long time. I thank you that we will fight together, the men and the women and the boys and the girls. I thank you that we will fight together 
and all of us will be used mightily, O Lord God, to increase your power grid to be used against the enemy to accomplish your will. I thank you, O Lord God, that as a result of it, many blessings will be passed out. Much increase, much prosperity, much destiny, and much purpose. Thank you, O Lord God, for giving dreams like a river over these next three months. This will all lead into great times of rejoicing in November and then another word in December about the next level of victory for 2021. Thank you, O Lord God, for what you are doing. We bless and honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, that this war starts now. And I thank you, O Lord God, for these next few days as we put these machines together, O Lord God, to begin to work against the enemy. Thank you, O Lord God, for the dismantling of what they are working behind the scenes from the top to the bottom to stop who you want in office, to stop what you want done in the church, to stop what you want done in the world. Thank you, O Lord God, that what was stopping us will now be stopped. Thank you, O Lord God, for doing these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. One more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give somebody a hug. Tell them to have a blessed night. See you on this weekend.